यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट Sunita this one is not uh, you know i mean it's not directly your ambit in terms of your industry but you know one one very clear wounded animal that came out of this entire pandemic was the services sector you know what was happening with tourism and hospitality and allied spaces over there uh did you see or hear enough from the budget that will go on to ignite some kind of recovery in that space because as we were discussing it was you know a clean sort of budget on the macroeconomic front but not a very populist budget uh what would you expect to see from the services sector over the next few quarters i'm i think on a long term perspective the fact that uh, you know for uh, recognizing first of all that 55% of our gdp comes from the services sector i do feel that a little bit more could have done for the services sector while it is on a good uh, you know they're on a good trajectory uh, much more could have been done for healthcare as well as the tourism sector which is capital intensive and still in the services sector this is common for both healthcare and the travel and trade industry so having seen that i believe that uh, what uh, the government has done for manufacturing in terms of production incentives could be done you know in terms of investment in incentives if that had been done for healthcare i'm sure that much more investment will go into healthcare which is what we need because for every one job that we create there are four other jobs that we create in the ancillary sectors and i'm sure this is for, uh, the same for tourism because you know they're valuable earners of foreign exchange so maybe in this time frame you know people in the finance industry have done so much that uh, it's time that we appreciate it but i believe that going forward we should put this case forward that uh, that services other than it also need you know they need uh, to be sustainable and they definitely can do so much for the country in terms of job creation and forex earnings Let me just take a pause over here to sort of recap everything in case you've just joined in. Today was the union budget, big change in terms of fiscal deficit figures from the finance minister, big jump as well, which came as a surprise. But what's important is that it looks like she has cleaned up the balance sheet in the sense a lot of off-budget items have now gone onto the balance sheet, which is good news for anyone watching the the framework of the economy. Disinvestment figures were put out, but not. completely enough in terms of details that is something one will have to watch out for and of course there was a lot that got uh explained for health as a space big jump in expenses uh, over there for the finance minister health will get a major boost as will the vaccine roll out again infrastructure also came up for clear focus i think some of the real estate community has come away a little bit disappointed where they didn't see enough there was some for affordable rural housing but not a lot and uh, big blue or long list i would say of customs duty increases across various categories so i think that one as well will require some uh, greater identification and analysis the stock market has taken all this news uh, splendidly the sensex is up 4% the nifty is uh, chugging with a 500 point plus rally the banks are standing out in their performance today almost 2000 point rally on the index itself that's 6 and 1/2% and i think at current uh, running 
we are set for an extremely important close for the stock market the bond market has a bit has had a bit of a topsy turvy 6.05 now on the benchmark yield that's a lot for them to digest in terms of the borrowing program that was set out of course uh, importantly uh, for those who track the economy the 15th finance commission was tabled as well and some of those recommendations were noted um, that's really the big takeaways at this point in terms of what the budget had to throw out uh, rashish how would you how would you expect the disinvestment calendar to move i mean for someone who's looking at this purely from a retail you know point of view saying you know what's interesting that's coming from the government stables into the ipo market how do you think it's going to be structured over the next 12 months i think the most important one is going to be lic i think uh, mm-hmm. almost half of the targeted amount uh, can be assumed to be from lic Uh, I think the other Air India and BPCL will not be uh, IPO or public market. They will obviously be strategic disinvestment and sales. And even what the government is talking about, one insurance company and a couple of banks, a lot of that will happen not via the market. So I think from the market point of view, government may do small five thousand, ten thousand crores of OFS, uh, you know, secondary uh, market offers for for disinvestment. but i think the large part of not just for this year but going forward government proceeds will come out of privatization or disinvestment by selling big stakes controlling stake or large minority stakes to large investors uh, strategic buyers all of that i think this uh, public market uh, the disinvestment will be only for things like lic and uh, you know maybe a few others and uh, i i do think that uh that is a very important point because i think selling 3% 5% 10% of a company in a market is it's a good thing as a, on a bau basis but we really need to embark on a massive privatization drive where government as i said can raise about 300 uh, or billion dollars over the next 5 years so i think for that we will have to sell large stakes into and why should government be owning such large stakes in a lot of this company so i think this is a start of that and i do hope that this goes on for the next few years i personally think this year's target will get met and whether it will get met or not is going to be dependent on lic but we do believe that this year in fy22 lic ipo should happen hmm Let me jump in on that because you know uh, only about seven or eight months back there was quite a bit of pushback on this idea of FDI and insurance. But here we are, seventy-four percent is here, and it looks like the insurance market is opening up. Uh, do you think this is the time for the government to go more aggressively on the disinvestment front because clearly it needs to fire on all engines possible in order to up its revenues? No, absolutely. If I'm not mistaken, when we revised the insurance uh, fdi stake from 26 to 49% it came with the condition that the foreign uh, partner will have no incremental rights will not have any rights as a matter of fact this is a pure economic interest uh, hike to 49% so this going up to 74% is not just 74% because if i heard the speech right uh, besides the fact that the key management should be resident and 50% indian directors of indian nationality uh it is actually in terms of management control so it is a big step up in terms of a far more progressive approach to ownership of what was considered and is of course critical indian financial infrastructure so that's a big move a big crit- uh, critical uh, step forward uh and i think this is uh, gives an indication to investors uh, uh that this is what one can expect to see so i think it is critical 
the big one, of course, is LIC and the quantum is, is potentially so large that a lot of the numbers that we are speaking of uh, can be easily achieved uh, because the markets can, if they're going to open up to this extent, can definitely uh, manage that. Uh, in the past, to think of uh, debt and debt financing being used to uh, put forth all the needs of the country is today far more challenging. That the uh, There is a cost attached to it. You see in bond markets, maybe marginal, but we have reacted to these numbers. You get that growth while both equity and fixed income markets are largely stable. And the it has to come out of the privatization, disinvestment, and there was an added statement, whether it happens or not, one doesn't know, where the state governments will be incentivized even to get out of the land banks, which they have been created over long periods of time. So using what belongs to, I would say, being a bit dramatic, the common citizens is now getting back to them rather than just land being held or some uh, corporate uh, shares being held. It rather put it into healthcare and education today so that we can build for that future. So I think it's a, an absolute thing to do and the biggest uh, chunk being in financial services this point of time uh, and that being put into the private markets is absolutely the right step. And something like this is once a listing happens of LIC, it's potentially a long-term uh, ability to monetize and generate uh, necessary capital for future. So I think it's a big step. Anant, uh, just one final question from you on how one should plot this in terms of, you know, individual investment choices. Uh, as early as Friday, the Reserve Bank will meet. Expectations are there's going to be a little bit of a change in stance and that is going to impact interest rates. Uh, a, do you expect them to change? How soon? And how would you change, you know, investing uh, investing choices at this point? Um, so, Mithali, look, uh, let's look at RBI first. Um for the last couple of prints, we've got uh, good prints on the inflation front. Uh, December was good. January is expected to be good as well, maybe closer to the 4% mark. That gives them some runway and breathing space in terms of staying accommodative into the next fiscal year. But um, look, any RBI governor's worst nightmare is a combination of high and persistent inflation, uneven real growth, external imbalances, internal imbalances, and financial sector instability. Right. Um, we are not there. Uh, we are not at 2013 or 2009 or whatever, but um, can we get there over a couple of years if the execution is not proper and if jobs and output don't follow? Absolutely, we can. So I think um, while the bond market is reacting to the borrowing program numbers, uh, I think that's the wrong thing to react on because these, this is just reflecting reality. What we should be reacting though is uh, how inflation can pan out from here. And is there a risk that inflation can, can move up? Uh, absolutely. Uh, on markets, uh, Mitali and um, allocation, look, uh, I'm no expert, um, but I would think that um, equity markets, and Rashesh is here, so I'm kind of embarrassed to talk in front of him, but um, I would think equity markets would be supported right now. One is we've seen this deluge of foreign investors coming in. Uh, there's a lot of individual Indians who have kind of got out of the equity markets and are feeling probably hungry. Um, there is going to be nominal GDP growth, Mitali, with all of this, uh, you know, consumption coming back and government stimulus, you are going to see nominal growth as well. So sectors like infrastructure, um, you know, banking, etc. will probably do well. To that extent, even though, frankly, there is this big chasm between the real economy and market valuations right now, I, I guess one would want to stay invested in, uh, uh, in equity markets. Uh, finally, you know, long-term prospects, etc. Mitali, look, uh, we are celebrating today because... Um, we were expecting a lot worse, um, and and it, it's been a no harm kind of a budget in that sense. 
but we're getting back to where we were, you know, a, a year back, which is not a good spot. There are still several sectors which are hurting, including things like real estate, including things like, um, you know, power, telecom, airline and shipping, MSMEs, the list is pretty long. Um, so this is by no means the end. I mean, to, to, you know, to quote Winston Churchill, this is not no means the end. It's not even the beginning of the end. It's the end of the beginning. Long, long way to go. And as Rashesh mentioned, execution risks are going to be very, very critical. So, um, hold, you know, don't hold your breath. This is a long inning. It's a, it's a test match. Long, long time to go ahead. Yeah. Anand, you've let the cat out of the bag. Do no harm. I thought we went in expecting the one in a hundred year budget. <laughs> I imagine all the corporates had their fingers crossed secretly while they were sitting down to listen to the speech. Uh, Dr. Krishna Ella of Bharat Biotech joins in as well. Dr. Ella, uh, thank you for joining in, sir. We've got a figure in terms of the vaccine spend at 35,000 crores plus. Uh, are you happy with what you heard in terms of what the government intends to spend on the vaccine rollout? I mean, um, in the crisis, we never expected anything from the government. Uh, it's really honored to have that type of uh, package. I think it's a very significant budget. It's just not because being a selfish, I don't want to say it's a 35,000 crores for vaccine. But look at the healthcare budget in general. I think it's a significant increase. We were lagging behind the healthcare earlier. I think this is the first time where the finance minister spoke about preventive, curative, well-being, and then nutrition. These are four different things. She spoke about it. And all four are very significant. Uh, I think this is the first time in healthcare budget is uh, highlighted in the first time. And then I'm glad that 35,000 crores has been allocated for the vaccine field. And it's not the COVID vaccine alone, but I'm assuming it's going to be other vaccines. The childhood vaccines also included in that. So I think it's a good budget. And the coming to second point, I feel uh, the government has allocated uh, uh, you know, National Institute of Virology, like uh, Institute, uh, four regional centers are going to be set up by NIV type of uh, institutes. That's a good, or well, maybe Kerala may get one, or, uh, you know, Assam may get one. And it looks like different geographic region where the pandemic issues can come up. So I think they're going to set up the NIV centers. That's another significant. And also they're going to have provision for BSL-3 uh, sort of a lab, laboratory facility that has been allocated again, uh, predicting the future pandemic if anything happens. So how do we gear up as a country? That's another one. And I think, uh, and also the, it's going to be strengthened National Center for uh, Disease Control. It's like a CDC model, CDC of Atlanta, US model. They're planning similar model. That is another significant factor that uh, future any epidemic is there, it can be strengthened in the country. Mm. And also I see another important game, uh, National Research Foundation, which is very similar to you know, National Science Foundation of US, uh, where they allocated 50,000 crores. Earlier, you know, when the money is given to the different department, they were spending the way the project was coming in. So the National Research Foundation will focus heavily on a, what is the national priority of the country is. So they're going to highlight probably the national priorities of the field. And that is going to be focused on these 50,000 crores for that uh, another significant factor in the healthcare issues. I mean, healthcare is one part, but these are all the ancillary things which are added to the healthcare issues. And um, you skill set, another one, the graduate students have been given a lot of privilege to have 5,000 crores. Uh, engineering students and diploma students are going to be included. That is another significant factor. That's what I feel. Hmm. Uh, 
Dr. Ella, we've been through an extremely hellish year though and I think it showed up a lot of the cracks in the health infrastructure space as they stood. If you were to prioritize the spending amount and the increase that has been put out, what do you think the first port of call should be? Uh, you know, who needs it the most? I mean, um, she has spelled out clearly the primary center and secondary healthcare, tertiary, tertiary healthcare center. She put very clearly that defined. And so the 137% increase of the budget is going to go to primary and tertiary and secondary health centers. And also there is a specialty hospital are going to be set up in different places. And that is going to take care of it also. I think, um, uh, I think it's emphasized, been given, budget has been allocated. I think uh, it's going to be highlighted as we go along. Sunita, same question to you. I mean, if you had to prioritize this in terms of, you know, where you would want the spending to hit first, what would be right on top of that list? Because, you know, many policy watchers have made this point saying, look, it's not enough to just increase the health spending. You have to be very specific when you're talking about health spending, particularly from the Indian context. So I think the government did what it had to do, uh, like... Uh, Mr. Ella said earlier, the focus on primary, secondary, tertiary, extremely important. Uh, CDC and setting up of labs to monitor such incidents in the future, extremely important. I think we've created one level of protection, but we need to go beyond that. And I believe the private sector has a huge role to play. So um, maybe the next budget will be more about incentivizing the private sector to make these investments so that you know that we can increase our infrastructure. As we know, demand supply gap, we have nine beds for every thousand people. And this is really an area that, uh, sorry, nine for every 10,000. So this is an area where the private sector has a role to play. The second, I'm extremely happy about, you know, the allocation to research and the focus on innovation. The next level of healthcare is not going to be so much about infrastructure. It is going to be about how we get closer to the consumer and how we create value closer to the consumer. So it's all about innovation. It's about digital health. And, and I believe that, you know, uh, the government has made some progress. The private sector has made huge progress in these fields. We're also attracting funding into healthcare for digital health. So this is an important area that, uh, that we created the foundation for. So I believe that, yes, uh, government has uh, created very good, uh, it's, it's put the basics in place. It's up to the private sector now to take it further. Dr. Ella, how do you think uh, the money that's been allocated to the vaccine should be prioritized? I mean, you know, at the start of the process, it looked like a mini PPP model in its own where there was storage, there was transportation, there was ensuring protection, and of course, then there was the vaccination itself. Uh, how do you think this money should be prioritized through this entire pipeline, sir? Well, I think um, Indian um, vaccination strategies are all extremely good. You look at 25 million children, we are vaccinated with seven vaccines. So that means the country of the 25 million children are giving five to seven vaccines and reaching the whole year. So I think we have a good strategies, good uh, systems in place. Cold storage, what they wanted, they created now because of COVID. A uh, lot of primary and secondary cold storage being created. I don't see a depth of that, but the software is developed now, digitalized some of the vaccination program. It's good. But I think, you know, what is important is if COVID vaccine is required for the entire population, that's a decision the government has to take place. And that means 1.3 billion population need to be vaccinated. So that's going to be a Herculean task, but it's going to be challenging. And I think uh, country can achieve.
Okay, still keeping an eye on how things are shaping up for uh, the rest of the market, which is doing quite buoyantly, as we've been telling you. In fact, it's growing with its gains. 2,200 point rally on the Sensex today. So this will certainly close up as a fantastic session. Just keep an eye out on the news with uh, uh, petrol and diesel. As I said earlier, it looks like there's an agriculture infra and development test that's been put on petrol and diesel. The special excise duty has been cut, but uh, there is, you know, this uh, test that's been introduced. So I think we'll wait for some more details on that. Dr. Ella, now that we have you with us, perhaps you could also update us on how things are progressing with Covaxin with specific reference to phase three trials and uh, generally the rollout across the country as well. I think we completed 80% of the uh, second dose right now. So the epidemic is a little down. So we're expecting sometime in March, we should be having the data. And when is it that, uh, you know, in internally your indications of uh, providing this in the private market as well, of course, having cleared the phase three trials? I mean, we don't have yet the permission, but we can partially can do the private marketing based on the same uh, informed consent, like Apollo can do with informed consent, uh, that type of things, they can do it. But right now, we want to understand what the government wants it and fulfill what the government requires. And... Uh, if uh, I think we're also scaling up the production capacity because it's not an easy vaccine field is not an easy. Some platforms are very easy, like mRNA vaccine and all that. But uh, uh, traditional vaccines are very difficult to scale up. So we are now scaling up uh, capacities. This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.